Have you wondered about living elsewhere after you retire? Well, we have, almost daily. As you know, it's not an overnight decision. Hi, this is Gil and Jean of Retire There, a podcast about places to consider living in during your retirement. We started this show for selfish reasons, because we will be retiring in the next few years, but we're not sure where. Then a light bulb went off in Jean's head. What are others doing? With so many baby boomers retiring, there must be many relocating. So we decided, let's connect with them and pick their brains. But first, a little background. I'm Asian, born in Brazil, and grew up in Flatbush, Brooklyn. I'm an engineer turned attorney and practicing higher ed law at a college who loves working with students, faculty, and staff. I am not Asian. Born and raised in Long Island, New York, a place I always wanted to leave. I am a law librarian working in a court who loves his job. We've lived in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, New York for many years and have been thinking about our future home. So we'll be speaking to folks from around the country and now around the world who have moved to venues of their dreams and more. And we will share their stories and we will share their intimate secrets. No. I'm just kidding, Jean. But we will provide information that you may not find anywhere else. So stay tuned. Hola. Today, Jean and I will chat with Diane Maxwell, who retired to Panama. She currently resides halfway between Las Lajas and Coronado. Panama, with a population of 2.8 million people, is the southernmost country in Central America. It's known as a transit country because of the Panama Canal. While the country is known for its famous canal, its natural attractions include birding, whitewater rafting, and snorkeling. Now, here's what I love. Panama's biodiversity has been said to be three times higher than the United States, Canada, and Europe combined. Is that incredible? I mean, that's just unbelievable. Yeah, yeah you would love that. I know. It's tropical habitats are home to some of the most diverse and exotic species of plants and animals on Earth. Covering almost half the country's land surface are immense tracts of rainforests, mangrove wetlands, and mountain cloud forests. More than 29% of the country's landscape includes 15 national parks, forest reserves, and 10 wildlife sanctuaries. Oh my goodness. Diane was born in Long Beach, California, and lived in Southern California for 24 years. She graduated with a Bachelor of Science in Nursing from the University of New York Regents College, which is now Excelsior College. She worked in hospitals for 30 years, mostly emergency room work. Uh, Thank you for that, Diane. Yes. Diane raised three children in Minnesota for 18 years. Then she moved to north of Houston, Texas, for another 14 years before moving to Panama. Currently retired, Diane's interests include gardening, writing, and word puzzles. She recently completed a memoir about her nine years in Panama. It's called An Expat Struggle, Making a Home in Panama. And quite a struggle it was. You really have to read this book. In Panama, Diane was able to use her nursing skills volunteering with Panama Hospice and Respite Foundation, which morphed into a community aid group. Also, there are lots of animal opportunities with spay and neuter clinic. She has opted to pet sit for those going on vacation, which is a big demand. Welcome, Diane. We are so happy to have you on Retire There with Gil and Jean. Thank you, Jean and Gillen. I'm (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Thank you for having me. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we have so many questions. Why don't you just start with why Panama? Ah, I uh, did a lot of research. Uh, I thought I was going to retire in Texas. I had a beautiful house, mm -hmm. big yard and garden, and uh, but it got more and more crowded. Like any north of Houston, it got more housing developments and more business and it just got too crowded. And the property tax was through the roof. Wow. So I started looking around. And I visited several places and then I got a spreadsheet and I had several <laughs> countries listed and I compared cost of living, the language, infrastructure, the crime, the economy, the stable government, all sorts of things. Excellent. And on paper, Panama looked really good. And I thought, well, let's go see. <laughs> and I took about four trips down here before I uh, decided to stay. Wow. Uh, different parts of Panama are very unique. And so you have to find the niche that fits you. I thought I wanted to live in the mountains. They're beautiful and oh, just yes. so, the lush jungle, and it, but they are humid. Mm. Uh, uh, in fact, one of the houses I was looking for places to rent and they said, oh, always keep your cabinets opened or mold will get in there. Oh, and I thought, oh, oh God. <laughs> Who needs that? Yeah. Yeah. And then it was so isolated. Every town is down on the Inter-American Highway and all the mountains are a good 30 minute drive away. So I thought anytime I needed anything, I'd have to go down the mountain and all the social activities are down the mountain. Mm. So I ruled out mountains. So many expats apparently live in Boquete. Why didn't you, why didn't you, did you visit there? Yes, I did. And it is beautiful. It's cooler. It's quite cooler because mm -hmm. it is a higher elevation. I really liked the beaches area. The people, uh, it was the people that changed my mind. Mm -hmm. I went several times. I remember one time it was Thanksgiving and they were having a potluck and there was no gravy. I don't think there were any, no cranberries, but everybody was just fine with it. You know, this is, here's turkey, here's, here's this, here's that. People, everybody would talk to you. Everybody would uh, be willing to give you advice as to, oh, well, you can go here to get this, or, oh, you need this? Go over here. And I didn't find that anywhere else as much as in the Coronado area. Okay, you had mentioned the um, the spreadsheet. Um, what other areas were you considering? I was looking at Belize. I visited Puerto Rico because then I wouldn't have to mess with visa stuff, mm -hmm. but it was way too crowded and higher priced and higher crime. All the islands seem to have, you know, higher cost of living. I even had Guam down there <laughs> <laughs> wow. and Thailand, uh, Costa Rica. But like I said, on paper, Panama looked the best. Wow. And my biggest negative was the language. I did not speak Spanish when uh, I came here. And Panama is a Spanish-speaking uh, country. That's been my biggest hurdle I guess when you get really old, you don't remember well. So learning <laughs> a new language was very hard. Yeah. I can get along in restaurants and stores and this and that. But if I have a problem, I can't express that uh, appropriately. Thank goodness for Google Translate on your phone. 
Right. If you really need an official translator, there are several that you can just call and say, I need a translator. I haven't needed that very often at all. When you made your visits, you had mentioned four visits down to Panama. Were each visit, did you spend a certain amount of time during each visit or was it just to go check out a certain location? It was a little bit of both. I would usually pick a spot and stay there and then take day trips to different areas. I spent some time in Coronado at the golf club there with a hotel and spent (laughs) two weeks driving all over the place. And then in Boquete, I stayed and drove around there. I came back to Coronado uh, a couple more times. I thought I wanted to be in Sierra Azul, which is uh, east of Panama City. I didn't like that. Like that was too mountainy, too isolated too. Okay. So So what's the weather like where you are now? I am in the dry arch, which comes around Coronado. It is much drier than the rest of the country. Uh, We do have the two seasons, the wet and the dry season. From December to May, it is dry. It probably won't rain at all. And in May, you get the rains. And it reminds me of a National Geographic special where everybody goes out and goes, oh, it's raining. (laughs) (laughs) I'll bet. Yeah. But then it rains and it will tropical rain every day, just about. And people say, oh, it rains too much. It doesn't hamper us at all. We know it's going to rain. It might rain for 10 minutes or it might rain for two hours. And the rain is not cold. In fact, I enjoy the rainy season better. It's a little cooler. The dry season is very windy. So it's hot, sunny, and windy from uh, December to May. And from May to December, it's rains a little cooler. Uh, Everything's lush and green. Nice. I I like that. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. I love that too. You mentioned in your book that um, after the rainy season, all the bugs come out. That's the most (laughs) problematic. and, And lots of bugs. Yes. Uh, When I first moved here, I was in sort of a jungle setting and I really got inundated with bugs horridly there. (laughs) Since I've come down here and a lot of places, I use an exterminator every three months and I don't have problems with bugs. They just come out and they spray around the house and stuff. I don't even have any off Mm. bug repellent here. I just go outside and enjoy it. Oh, wow. There's things you can do to mitigate those bugs. But. How, do you, how do you prevent it? Are all your windows screened? I assume you don't leave your windows otherwise. I open? do have a screened in patio and windows. Yes. Um, a lot of people do not, uh, especially if you're in a high rise, because they say there's like a bug line. Mm-hmm. We're like above the fourth or fifth floor. You're not going to get bugs. Huh. And oh, they don't even put screens on them. That's really good to know that they don't fly that high. <laughs> oh, but yet I, you know, I forgot to ask you, you had mentioned the two seasons. What's the average temperature year round? The temperature is always the same. People can't get used to that. Okay. Every single day, it's probably 85 degrees, wow. at least 85 is the average. Okay. It doesn't vary very much at all. It drops to 70. Oh, okay. 70 to 85. It's very humid. Uh, it is humid. You do have that. So now. it's uh, cooler at night, I assume, the 70s or the night. 70s or the night. And I never use my air conditioning at night. I always have the, just the windows open because it's 70 degrees. It's nice breeze. It's yeah. beautiful. 
Right. But so, the humidity and the um, 85 must be must be a little uncomfortable, right? Do you use the AC then? I do. In fact, I have it on right now. I Good use it in the heat of the day. And it took me about three months to get acclimated. When I first came here, oh, I was sweating. And I'm oh, look, and I look around. And I go, well, these people aren't sweating. What's with them? <laughs> and after about three months, I quit sweating, you know, just doing general activities. I got used to it, I guess. I was acclimated then to it. I could go out. Most of the restaurants are open air. Oh. So you're sitting out eating and stuff and and I'm fine I don't start sweating and <laughs> oh wow maybe the body does change oh that's so interesting yeah, yeah. I mean hearing about those bugs just um <laughs> I mean we have ants and I cannot stand them they just drive me up literally up the wall oh, so can't take them in fact I had about 35 plants that recently had a little ant infestation I and I wound up I said you know what this is just too stressful especially during covid and I yeah. got rid of I got rid of all of them, and I have become oh dear. quite quite wow. the plant person. But I'm happier now. So, okay, <laughs> yes. Now, where I first lived, there were a lot of leaf cutter ants, and those are interesting to watch because they will take out a bush overnight. Wow! They just walk outside, and all the leaves are gone, but they never kill it. Oh. Then they move. They they all hide during the day. And then you can see them carrying their bits of leaves back to the nest, back to the hole in the ground. So these, these leaf cutter ants, how large are they? They're probably about three quarters of an inch long. They're, oh, they're pretty big, big. They're big ants, oh. yeah. They're big ants, yes. <laughs> so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. But they're all they're all along their little trail. You can just stand there and watch them. They aren't going to bother you. Okay. All right. All right. Let, let's move on. Diane, you, <laughs> you, seem, you, you seem to really love Panama now, and you love where you live. But can you tell us the story, a little a little bit of the story that's in your book? about? Yeah, um, I have. I had a lot of troubles, uh, more than the average person. Uh, things didn't work out. I bought pre-construction. If you get on any of the sites, everybody will advise you not to buy pre-construction. Um, I lost everything with my first house, uh, and that's not that unusual. And after writing the book, I had several people contact me and say, the same thing happened to me, the same thing happened to me. If you can't see it, don't buy it, is my advice. <laughs> wow. Uh, so this is when you what first got there and you were looking for housing and you just... Yeah, I bought... Um, there was a little area a realtor took me to and I said, oh, I really like this. It it's, looks like it's going to be really cute. You know, it was halfway up the mountain, jungle setting, uh, little houses eventually around a little pool. It, it looked real cute. And so I uh, and the designs were cute, put money down and said, OK, build me one. They did build it, but they never gave title to anybody. They had all the buyers pay for a nice resort that they later ran. They kicked everybody out. Wow. Incredible. And, and they even locked your house up and, and didn't let you yes. take your, take your stuff, right? Yes. They took everything. They did that to everybody. We decorated the house, furnished it, got it all perfect. They broke in one time when I was gone, changed the locks and that was it. I was, I was out. Everybody was out. 
I went to court. Uh, they were charged with criminal fraud. They were convicted. And I talk about that journey because that was an up and down roller coaster, mm-hmm. too. So uh, a little bit about the legal system. And I won. So although they were never arrested, they were sentenced to prison, uh, but no one would arrest them. Yeah, they were sentenced over 30 months, right? Yes, 32 months each. Wow. But there's no enforcement. Wow. And the interesting you- I was reading you had in your book, it says you had to pay for some of the fees to you had a lawyer who who consulted with the prosecutor, right? You paid him. Yes. Uh, the legal system here is a bit different in, in America. If you get victimized, the prosecutor will investigate. They'll put a case together. Mm-hmm. They don't do that here. You as a victim must pay an attorney to put a case together and then your attorney get gets all the evidence, gets the uh, depositions, gets everything and turns it over to the district attorney. The district attorney reviews it and said, oh, yes, this looks like a case and then brings it in front of the judge. And you have the victim has to pay for all of that. So I thought, wow. Uh, Yeah, it was quite expensive to do that. And and so you did that. And so they why why wouldn't anyone arrest him? Why wouldn't anybody put him in jail? That's just the way well, it is there? I can only uh, surmise that there was money involved. Sure, sure. And in fact, my attorney advised me to offer a $500 reward to a police officer to arrest them. Oh, my and God. I know. And I thought, uh, okay. And I thought, yeah. And the other person would turn around and give him 1000 you know, it would, it could right, go yeah. back and forth like that forever. Yeah. And I yeah. thought, no, I'm not getting into that vicious cycle. So. Oh God, and are those two people, corruption. are they still around town? Uh, yes. The one, one of them is still renting out our houses. And the other one is somewhere in Panama City. This is so unreal. Yeah. So where did you wind up living? So I, um, because I pet sit, I was able to see almost every neighborhood in the uh, area. <laughs> and there was a new project coming up where I am now. I really liked the houses. They were just right for me. It was a two bedroom, two bath, big walk-in closet, and the lots were big. Unusual for Panama. They were paved streets, curb and gutter, sidewalk, street lights, underground utilities. And I thought, oh, well, this is really nice. <laughs> so I decided to, um, but I bought it. They were building them. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, you did it again. You couldn't help yourself. (laughs) Ah, Well, initially, the first house, I got it within a a reasonable amount of time. But the second one, it took five years to get the house. Oh, my goodness. Oh, and they, I had checked them out tremendously. They had several other projects that were finished and done in a timely manner. This one, it was their first housing project versus a condo or a high rise. They had been building condos and high rises and they, I think they ran into some surprises here. They weren't expecting, but I'm here now. I've been here uh, since last November and I'm really enjoying it. And I wanted a house because I love to garden Mm -hmm. and I'm, my plants are just coming along wonderfully and I'm enjoying (laughs) it very much. So are you in a single story structure? Can you give us a sense of the layout? Uh, yes, it's um, single story and 
very open full floor plan. My kitchen, dining room, living room is all open. Mm-hmm. And the two bedrooms are on opposite ends with the bathrooms and showers and uh, closets separating oh. them. Oh, nice. So, nice. And I have a wall of windows and screen uh, patio doors that go out to the big patio. Oh, that so. sounds wonderful. Yeah. And, and are you walking distance to stores? Can you give us a sense of your, your locale? Yes. When I first came here, I thought, oh, I can walk to the um, Machitazo Mall. Uh, there's a little mall here. There's four grocery stores in Coronado, and Machitazo is one of them. And I'm only one kilometer from uh, the Coronado Business District. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and yet, I look out and there's absolutely nothing around me outside, out back. It's nothing but trees. And and at night, there's no lights. There's no humans. Oh, nice. (laughs) Oh, that's nice. And can you give us a sense of the cost of the housing around you or... Because I bought on the mountainside of the highway, the prices are about much cheaper than Coronado. This base house was $139,000. Wow. Okay. Uh, I put in another 30, adding the covered patio. And I put a big, they call them depositos, which is, it was a 12 by six foot shed for all my garden stuff. And I covered the front patio and did quite a few things. Um, Nice. Yeah. And, And was buying appliances and things like that, is that a chore or is that easy? Like, is it going to Home Depot and just selecting? Yeah, it's it's very easy. There are several big appliance stores and electronic stores. I think I went got mine at Multiplaza, one of the big malls. There's malls in Panama City and there's several everything here now too. So and are the prices like, cheaper for these items compared to the US? Some are, some are not. Mm. So I think overall, especially in Coronado, it's uh, about the same as living in Texas. Uh, Because Coronado is an expat town, Uh. especially the grocery prices are higher. I can go 30 minutes down the road and the prices are a good 20% cheaper. Interesting. But and, the expats do drive up the costs of things. Mm-hmm. And you, the community you live in, does it have a pool or any or a gym or anything like that? Yes, it has a, um, a big pool, a covered um, clubhouse, uh, kitchen, uh, showers and all that. It was supposed to have a park and other things, but they never put that in. So um, <laughs> I'm happy with the pool. And yeah, clubhouse. the pool's great. Yeah. Yeah. So can you talk about the cost of living overall? For me, it's much cheaper. A lot of people come here and they want the same thing they got in the States. Mm -hmm. Well, there are stores that provide that, but you pay for that. So I don't need to have the same brands I had in the the States. I'm happy to buy locally. So I I can live much cheaper. My grocery bill is usually um, 200 a month. I um, That's good. Yeah. yeah. And I have it delivered. It's nice. Uh, the local, <laughs> I, like I talked about Machi Tazo, they only charge $3. They do all your grocery shopping and deliver it. Wow. <laughs> That's that is wonderful. Great. Yeah. So I like that. Clothing is usually cheaper if you can find your, your size. I'm a little bit big, so it's hard to find. Same I'm here. a tall also, mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. most Panamanians are short. 
okay. and smaller. So okay. it's hard to find my size. Okay. So does Amazon but, deliver to you? Yes. Yes. You can order from Amazon. There are several mail services that they use um, U.S. shipping addresses out of Florida. So if I order something, I give them the shipping address in Florida, Amazon or whomever ships to Florida and Florida ships it to Panama and then it goes to the outlets here. And is there, is there a large fee associated with that? One of them charges monthly. I use one that only charges for what you get. And it's like, I think it's like three fifty a pound. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Um, I did want to go back earlier. You said places were walkable. Do you need a car? I would say in Coronado, you do. I have been without a car for the last year. Mm-hmm. My car died last year. Oh, and during, sorry. during COVID, it wasn't too bad. You know, you right. didn't go very many places. And I had not moved in here yet. And I was staying at a big high rise. It was no problem getting a taxi. But after I moved into here, trying to get a taxi to come to my address it was harder to get taxis. And so I'm getting a car in two weeks, in fact. Oh, (laughs) congratulations. Thank you. Yes. And And because, Mm -hmm. yeah, just to go to the grocery store and all the different places, there's lots of taxis around, but they seem to be very busy. And it's, it's, I found it quite hard to hail them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what about I, what I, about Uber or Lyft? Do those exist? They have Uber in Panama City, but they don't have it out here yet. Got uh, it. And and hope you don't get another Jeep. <laughs> in no. the book you said you you'd gotten a Jeep and you couldn't get the parts to fix to fix it, right? Right. I learned right away after that one. You only buy uh, a car that they sell here, and there are dealers here. I'm getting a Hyundai. They have those here. There's about three or four brands that they have here. Nobody advises you to ship your car from the States. It's way too expensive. They might be a Hyundai you bought in the States. The parts are not going to be the same as the Hondas they sell here. Wow. They really make it hard. You need to buy locally. My one car, I bought it when I got here and never had any trouble with it. It was great. Then it died. It died during COVID too. (laughs) It lasted a long time though, right? Yes, I had it. uh, Yeah. I had it a long time. Oh, that's great. And the, the car prices, are they generally the same as in the States or are they higher or lower? They're probably about, I bought a brand new, uh, they have different brands. Kia, right. I bought a Kia Picante. It was a 2012, I think it was. And it was $10,000 for a brand new one. Back then, yeah. So, mm. Yeah, back then. Yeah, I, so- I'm fine. Prices are about the same, I think. All right. Good to know. Yeah. So can you talk to us about healthcare? As a nurse, I was very much into that. And I got insurance right away after uh, I came here, which is quite inexpensive. Healthcare is very, very reasonable here. Last year, I spent three weeks in the hospital. I thought I had COVID. I did not. But I went to the local emergency room. I had an EKG, a chest X-ray, blood work, saw the doctor, the bill was $120. Wow. <laughs> oh my God. Amazing. That's out of pocket? That's That was out of pocket. Wow, $120. Total. That was, oh, wow. that was That's amazing. the total bill. <laughs> wow. And it, yeah. Well, I had pneumonia. Hmm. And so oh, they said, goodness. we're calling an ambulance and taking you to the hospital. The public hospital was La Chorrera. And because they thought I had COVID, 
that's where uh, the big COVID ward was. So I went by ambulance there and I was in the hospital for 11 days there. And I was on oxygen, on antibiotics. I had cardiac consult. I had an angiogram, all sorts of things. I decided, because I do have health insurance, I says, let me go to a different hospital because nobody could figure out what was wrong with me. Okay. They said, well, you have to pay the bill. And I said, all right, how much? $30. (laughs) No. Yes. It was a public hospital and it was $30. Now, the medical treatment was absolutely fine. Most of the doctors are trained in the U.S. and they work at all the hospitals. But the facility was what I would consider third world facility. I was in a ward. There was one window at the end because, of course, there was not air conditioned. Mm. There were no curtains between beds. There was no call lights. All the beds were manual. There was no Mm. electric beds. Um, It was very what I'd call third world. Yeah. And as a former nurse, this must have been so hard to take. I looked at what medically everything was fine. Mm, It was the creature comforts that weren't there. Mm -hmm. So then I went to uh, San Fernando hospital in Panama city and it was just like going into a good American hospital. Oh, Uh, it was very state of the art through a sinus MRI. They found out I had a mold infection. (gasps) Oh, interesting. So uh, I was in the ICU there for quite a while. Once they started the antifungals, I responded wonderfully oh, and oh, got great. out. Wow. But, that's um, great they knew that. Yeah. It's great they yeah, found that. Yeah. I know. It was very unusual. It's very hard to find because oh. it doesn't show up on x-rays. They really have to search for it. So Once they knew they what they were it, doing. They knew what they yeah. were doing. Could, yeah. you have, could you have gone to the private hospital initially? If it wasn't COVID, I could have, but because of COVID, um, the private hospital was not accepting any patients that had COVID. In fact, they tested you in the ER and if you had COVID, you had to go elsewhere because they were private. They did not have to take any COVID patients. Right. right. Okay. Now my hospital bill for the nine days in the private hospital was (gasps) $22,000, but my insurance paid 70% of that. But there's the difference. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. Now what's the cost of insurance in general? Is it higher? Um, It goes by age. When I first got here, it was like $65 a month. I'm now now that I'm 10 years older, it's a hundred dollars a month. Okay. So, uh, that's really, and that, yeah. there's no deductible. They mm. start paying right away that's and they pay 70%. It does not cover medications though. Right. But the medications here are much uh, less expensive. You get 25% off of them because with the pensionado, anybody over 60, or anybody with a pensionado visa uh, gets oh, wow. 25% off. And so. are the pharmacies um, reasonable? Can you bring in a bottle with um, without getting a prescription? Can you just get a Right. Re- but all I do is usually write on a piece of paper and say, I want this. You can't get certain antibiotics or narcotics without a doctor prescription. Oh, Otherwise, you walk in and say, 
you know, I'm on a blood pressure pill. Well, I just write, I want that and I get it. And like it I pretty- wanted the antifungals because it was from where I was renting. I got exposed to the mold. I had to be there for another couple of weeks before I got out of that house. So I went to the pharmacy and said, I want some diflucan, this, this, this. And they just gave it to me. Oh, and very reasonably priced, I understand. Pretty much uh, because of the 25% discount. Okay. And so um, seniors get a lot of discounts and benefits in in, um, Panama here. Is that correct? Yes. Uh, Restaurants are supposed to give you 20% off. Uh, Airline flights are 20 to 25% off. I can't remember which. There's a whole list of things you get discounts on. So Um, nice. (laughs) Property tax, if you buy new construction... One of the reasons I got new construction, <laughs> property taxes waived for the first 20 years. What? 20 years? Wow. 20 years? Wow. Like if you bought a house that was 10 years old, it would be, um, you know, 10 years 10 left years. on that. Yeah. Yeah. They were doing that when I got here. But there's a property tax for the house and there's a property tax for the property. They separate them. So you do still owe 30, 40 bucks a year. Oh, oh my goodness. That's, that's nothing. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's tough. Great deal. <laughs> and car insurance is, is very inexpensive. Um, I was paying like $230 a year oh, wow. for car insurance. Oh, wow. Okay. Those are the nothing, places yeah. where you save money. Yeah. Right. right. Oh, yeah. You know, when you moved from um, Texas initially, how long did the paperwork take to get to Panama? And it, was it intensive? Was there a lot of steps? I got a pensionado visa, which I started and you should go through an attorney and I found a good one. And actually, I think it was two visits to the attorney. I had to go to the consulate in uh, Houston to get certain papers apostled. Then I came here. You have an appointment at immigration. They do your thumbprint and that. And your ID card was sent to the local office that I picked up two weeks later. It was not hard at all. And how long is that visa for? Do you need to renew it? It's good, I think, forever. The one I have. When I first came to Panama, they didn't have these kind of visas. And I got the only thing they had. And about... Six, seven years after I was here, they just, I found out, oh, those visas aren't any good anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I tried to use it somewhere and they go, oh, no, that's not any good anymore. And they had, the government had changed all the rules and they, so I had to reapply and I used the same attorney and she just did everything for me and I got my new card. So, and it, it looks like a credit card actually. Wow. So you use that a lot, I assume, as a form of ID. Yes. In Panama, they don't use driver's licenses, IDs. Everybody uses, they're called cedulas. Mm. Everybody has these cards and uh, it has your picture on it, your signature, and that is your ID card. Okay. All okay. legal documents have that cedula number on it. Okay. And I know there are a lot of expats down there. Do you have a lot of friends who are expats? Yes. Um, when I first came here and I, I lived like I say, halfway up the mountain and there was Panamanians all around me. And I thought, oh, how nice. I'm really going to integrate into the, into the culture. But I found out most Panamanians do not have anything in common. I'm very well-traveled, uh, you know, well-educated and 
there wasn't much in common. And I thought, oh, so I gravitated to the expats because we have the same things in common. Found out most of my friends are expats. Now, my neighbors here in this neighborhood, I'm good friends with them and they're it's quite eclectic. Uh, there's a Panamanian couple. There's a Venezuelan couple. There's a Chinese couple. Wow. <laughs> Panama is very eclectic with their uh, people here, their ethnicity. Okay. So, so do you see many Asians? Yes. Yes. There's a lot. Uh, there's a huge Chinese um contingency here they were brought over when they built the canal and they have grown and grown in fact when i first came to panama the little stores they i said what's this word for those stores and they say oh they're chinos i didn't realize it it's because the chinese own most the stores and oh (laughs) they call them chinos oh "Oh." they're called supermark super Mini supers, mini supers, mini supers. So can you get I guess you can get authentic Chinese products. Yes. Yes. Interesting. You know, I wanted I forgot to ask you um, when you were speaking of buying a car, getting a license in Panama. If you don't read the Spanish or or is that a hindrance? No, as long as you have a license from your home country. They just go by that. You take your license, you get it authenticated at the embassy. Then it's funny, you have to go and have another Panamanian agency stamp it. They love to stamp things here. (laughs) (laughs) You pay $2 at the bank and then you go to the agency and they stamp it (laughs) and you take it to the office. uh, It's called Saratin here. Mm -hmm, Um, mm -hmm. And uh, the driver's license office and they do the eye test, the hearing test, and they issue you a license. So there's no written, you know, they're like uh, the signs must be different. I I can understand the stop sign, but what about, you know? Uh, No, most of them are pretty clear. A lot of them like have pictures like, you know, slow ahead, all the speed limits. Mm -hmm. They don't use very many signs here for things. That's one (laughs) thing is, Street signs are almost non-existent. <laughs> so, oh so do you use any kind of um, GPS? Like, let's say, you know, here, obviously, I punch in an address because I have no way of knowing how to get there. And maps are hard to find these days. So how do you get somewhere? Do you have a GPS? Uh, most people use Waze. Oh, okay. Um, okay. But you put in the name of the place. Right. You don't right. put in an address. You put in the name of the place. Well, you can do that here. So how far is the uh, closest airport? Uh, there's a little one uh, about 20 minutes down the road, Rio Ato. They, um, they do some uh, charters and stuff. The main airport, uh, Tokumen in Panama City, is an uh, hour and a half away, to, depending on what time of day it is. And do they so. have direct flights to the States? Oh, yeah. Tokumen is an international uh, airport that Mm -hmm. uh, services the whole world, basically. It's sort of a crossroads of the world, sort of like the canal is a crossroad. And lots of planes do stopovers in uh, Tokoman. So when you go back to the States, you go to Panama City? Yes. And Mm -hmm. how how long is that uh, distance? It's, well, like I say, it's an hour and a half usually. What does a cab cost you for that? 
I, I usually don't take a cab. Oh. They do have some driving services and they want to charge $90 to take oh my me. Goodness. But there's a park and ride thing right by the airport and it's really inexpensive. So oh. I usually just drove to the airport, parked in the park and ride for like seven bucks a day. And oh. Uh, oh, that's great. great. Yeah. Much cheaper yeah. than a taxi. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. So, so no, no, go ahead. In your book, you say you were a nurse and you work hard and play hard. <laughs> what, what, what do you play? What do you do for fun in, in uh, Panama? Well, because I love to travel and I had been all over the world, I thought I'm going to see what there is to see in Panama. And I went to all the usual places, the Panama Canal. I went to Costco Viejo. I went to the old Panama City. I went up to the rainforest. I visited indigenous tribes in in the jungle. Um, I went to Bocas del Toro, which is... Uh, on the Caribbean side. I went to San Blas, which is your classic islands with turquoise water and white Ooh, sand beaches. Wow. You know? yeah. And um, I, I visited an archaeological site dig wow. that uh, they had. And these, I looked at a lot of things that aren't in your regular tourist book, you know, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I talk about them in my book. I, there's hot springs up by the volcano and you can soak with mud on you, on you. (laughs) And I went in the rainforest. There's a reforestation project going on and we camped in the jungle uh, over the weekend and, and really learned about the reforestation there. Interesting. That is fascinating. I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah. There's coffee tours. There's rum tours. There's Ooh, rum tours. <laughs> there's surfing. Uh, lots and lots of water sports and and sports um, and surfing and things like that. Okay. And how's how's the the crime there? Is it is it relatively safe? It's very safe. People in the United States usually don't know how much crime is actually going on in their area. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. Pull up the statistics in your county yeah. and like what they have in one month, it takes like five years here to have that much crime. <laughs> okay. okay. There's petty theft is usually the biggest crime is, mm-hmm. is petty theft. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently there are some gangs, uh, criminal gangs uh, that, you know, and there's always uh, drug dealers like any place, but, you know, just like any place, you know where the crime is. And you don't don't go there. I want to talk a bit about where you live. Is it walking distance to a cafe? Can you just go out and, you know, grab a quick, uh, quick lunch or, or your expat friends nearby? Um, you usually need a car. Um, I think because the inter-American highway goes right through the middle of things. You don't want to be crossing the high, highway. It's just okay. so um, there's all sorts of little cafes places to have lunch, places to have dinner. Um, I used to do trivia uh, where we got together and played trivia every week. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some groups get together and play cards. A lot of places have game day where they play certain board games or dominoes or something like that once a week. I know there's a mahjong group. There's a bridge group. Mm -hmm. There's so many activities. In fact, I had to learn to say no because I was just getting involved with so many things. I thought, oh, wait a minute. 
Yeah. So, because yeah. people say, well, what do you do? And I said, you do as much as you want to do mm-hmm. because there is a little bit of everything. So, do you have family back home in Houston? I have family back home, but not in Houston. I have three children, grown children, and one was a career army captain. Mm-hmm. And uh, in fact, she had two of my grandchildren in Japan. Oh, uh, oh wow. So uh, she traveled all over the world her whole life, and mm-hmm. she's settling in Tennessee now. Mm. And I have one daughter that's in Minnesota and will be in Minnesota forever, <laughs> and uh, a son in Washington State. So they're sort of spread out. And okay. what, what do they think about you going to Panama? Because I traveled so much all the time, it wasn't really that much of a big leap. I had been in Texas, and to visit me, they had to come fly anyway. So I said, well, you just have to fly a little further. (laughs) Do you plan to stay in Panama for the duration, if you will? Yes, I think I'll be here forever. I I don't have any intentions of going back to the States. When I was having a lot of trouble with uh, health and other things, I thought about moving back to the States. One of the things your viewers might not know, Medicare, I declined it when I came to Panama because it's no good here. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's automatically deducted from your social security unless you say, no, I don't want it to be. But once you decline it, if you ever go back to the United States and want it, they penalize you 10% for every year you didn't take it. Wow. Even though it's no good here, you cannot use it. If you're not paying that hundred and some bucks a month for it, you get penalized at 10% for every year you're gone. I've been gone wow. nine years. So if I went back, I would have to pay 90% more a month wow. for my Medicare. Wow. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. No, we have not heard about that. That's yeah. great yeah. information. It's a te- I think it's a terrible law that you yeah. are punished right. for not paying for something that you cannot use. Uh, Another uh, interesting thing here where I live in the beaches area, because it's a resort type area, one thing I had to get used to is on the weekends, a lot of people from Panama City come and and enjoy the beaches and holidays. Us locals don't go anywhere for the holidays. (laughs) People found that they said, you don't go anywhere, you stay in. And we said, yes, the, the traffic, it's horrible. We have all week to enjoy it to ourselves. (laughs) Why fight the traffic? Anytime you live in a resort area, you have to consider the visitors for the weekends and holidays. Okay. And plus you get your food deliveries so you can stay in, right? And and Yeah. Yeah. No problem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Got it. And I have to tell you, from reading your book, An Expat Struggle, Making a Home in Panama, you're you're a tough woman. Do you have any advice for, for any of our listeners? Well, um, keep your eyes opened. Be patient. Be patient. Everything takes longer here. Um, it took me a while to learn a lot of the different customs, which I, I do have a whole chapter on cultural differences. Mm-hmm. Doing business is different. Uh, and if you go with someone who can explain all these differences, it will really help uh, versus sitting there wide-eyed like a fawn going, oh. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I think we've covered um, everything that we had wanted to and more. It's it's so nice to meet you, Diane. 
Yeah, you were nice great. To Thank meet you. you. And I good luck on you picking a place to retire. <laughs> yes. Thank, <laughs> Thank you. you. Thank, Thank you. you. Okay. All right. Yes, that's a wrap then. Take Thank care. Thank you so much. Okay. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you know someone who's relocated for retirement and wishes to share their story with us, please reach out to us. We'd love to hear from you. Our email address is gg at retirethere.com. Our website is retirethere.com. And you may follow us on Twitter at retirethere underscore. Now, if you've liked our show, please subscribe and rate it in Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, be well.